award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. we got a fun show for you today. Uh, we brought Jason Holland back from made Jason Holland Fishing. Yes, he made the cut. Can you he, believe it? He was with us for a show. We talked about bait casters and, and got uh, introduced to him and learned a few things about him. But uh, we ran out of time, so we brought him back. We're going to talk rods. We're going to talk line. Uh, probably talk a lot of different things today. So we're excited. I've been looking forward to this show since Jason was here the last time. Yeah. So. Wow. I'm glad I made a halfway decent impression. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I think your beard's got longer. Well, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a work in progress. I'm cursed with a thin beard. But what I have found is I, I, I think I look better with it. My wife hates it, well, but uh, she's coming around, okay. so we're going to just keep growing it and see where it goes. I know where you can get some good beard butter or, or beard balm. Yeah, some yeah. beard oils. Yeah, and, yeah. And cream or something, yeah. maybe fill in these patches that I've got going on. <laughs> yeah. I got plenty of them. <laughs> Looks like I got leprosy on my face, but uh, hey, you know what? I, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to have a beard to fish, right? You don't. It helps. No, you don't have to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why. You just apparently you catch more fish with a beard. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I grew one. Yeah. So it's I actually I'm 42 years old and I've never had facial hair ever. I just I always had corporate jobs. Well, of course, COVID happened and I got stuck at home for six months. So I decided, hey, I'll let it grow. Uh, and so this what you see on my face right now. It literally I've been growing since March. So uh, it's slow. Uh huh. And I've uh -huh. spent a million dollars on beard products, which I didn't even know existed by the way <laughs> uh, until I started growing a beard. Beard. There's a whole culture oh, of yeah. beard, and I was, I'm trying to get into it. Now they laugh at me. Yeah. I show up with this, and they look like you know I'm 14 years old, <laughs> but uh, it's okay. <laughs> 42, but I'm trying, do the best I can with what the Lord gave me. Oh, all right, all right. Well, let's get let's, let's don't run out of time this but, show. Yeah, we we better not. Um, like I said. Folks are out there listening and watching. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Last time we talked about bait casters, we did like bait caster basics pretty much. Um, ratios, drag, you know, the magnets and whatnot and all that fun stuff. But we're going to jump into what rods those go on and then what lines work best with those. And maybe talk about what you can catch this time of year. Whatever we get into, we'll get there. But Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's kind of jump off from where we, where we left off Okay, that sounds good. Let's talk about uh, bait casting rods. Uh, and so... When it comes to bait casting rods, you, you got a couple different things you want to look at. Well, it's really three things. So one, you want to look at uh, the overall length of the rod, uh, and that's going to determine basically how far it will cast. Okay. You, so that, never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really the uh, the overall piece of it. The longer the rod, the further the cast is going to be. Uh -huh. uh, now, what you give up in a longer rod, you're going to lose accuracy because again, you're dealing with the seven and a half foot, seven, you know, seven foot, eleven foot rod. So you're casting accuracy is going to drop and diminish. Mm -hmm. Shorter the rod, the more accurate presentations you can get. Um, and it really depends on exactly what bait that you're fishing. Sometimes, for instance, a jerk bait and you're snapping it straight down, you don't want a long rod because you'll be hitting your boat or hitting the water. So you want to you know, shorten up the length of that rod. Yeah. Uh, so length's important. Uh, then you want to talk about the power of the rod. Well, what is power of a rod supposedly really, what does that mean? All that means is the backbone. All right. That means how much force that you're going to have on that rod. So think of it this way. The heavier the power, the heavier the bait you can throw. 
So a quick example is if you're throwing a medium light. So let's say you got like a little small crappie rod, a little ultra light that you're fishing with. Well, that's going to throw small 16-ounce, 32-ounce baits, which you're fishing for panfish. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't go pick up a one-ounce jig on that rod. Mm -hmm. You can. You're just gonna, you're gonna be fighting that thing all day long, just because it's the bait is overpowering the rod. So when you think about power of a rod, the heavier the power, the heavier the bait. The lighter the power, smaller, lighter the bait. And that's why you see pan fishing rods are usually really short, and the power is a medium light, something really light that you can throw those smaller baits. Like that mm-hmm. Zebco 33. You right got there. it. Well, yeah, just like the Zebco 33. It's a smaller rod, super limber, and again, you can throw uh, if you're bobber fishing. If you're throwing little small crappie jigs or uh, little small crankbaits that you're, you're creek fishing, mm-hmm. um, like a MEPS, uh, like an inline spinner, those uh-huh. kind of things that are really light that you need. Because, again, you're fishing for a, a fish that's got a real small mouth, so you need a small bait, small hook. Right. Well, you don't want to use a, a rod that you throw a, a big jig with because, one, you're, you're not, it's not going to throw it. It's just the, the rod is way overpowering the bait. Right. And so when you look at uh, ratios, it's really what I look at. Heavy the bait. Heavier power rod, lighter the bait, lighter power rod. To not complicate the matter, keep it simple, stupid. If you're just getting into fishing and you're getting, you know, you're getting your kids into fishing, uh, getting yourself into fishing, you ain't gotta go spend three hundred dollars on a fishing rod. You can go to any of your local sports shops, Walmart, any of those, uh, and pick up a really nice combo. And this is really where combos have uh, really become important because they take a lot of the guesswork out of it. Uh-huh. And so the manufacturer has already went and matched up you the, got it. The, the two pieces. Exactly. Need, right. yeah. So they, they matched up the, the type of reel to the power of the rod. Mm-hmm. And so as you just get into it, I, I, when I first started buying fishing rod, I, I bought combos. Because I didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't wasn't didn't have any education of what does what. And that was on sale, right? Uh, well, of course it was on sale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how many fishermen that are not on a budget. Oh, well, let me back up. I don't know how many married guys are not on a budget. So let's clarify that. Uh, but start with a combo. And again, you ain't got to go spend two hundred dollars on a combo. Uh, you can get a really nice uh, combo that will last you several years. Uh, again, you can go to Walmart and and pick that up, or Bass Pro Academy. And the list goes on and on. Yeah. And that will help take the guesswork. But if you do want to match up, uh, what you want to look for is in a rod. The most versatile rod that's out there is a seven foot rod in the bait caster. Seven foot rod. Medium heavy power, and that's usually designated on the rod. It'll be printed on the rod, uh-huh. and it'll have usually heavy, a medium heavy, or it'll have an M and an F, and that just stands for medium heavy. Seven foot medium heavy, and then we'll talk about action. Well, what does action mean in a rod? All action means is it's the action of the end of the rod. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got typically you want to have all action does. Let me clarify: is that's the rubber band effect. The more, more that it bends, it's called parabolic bend is the actual term. All that means is the rubber band effect. And so if you're throwing, let's say, that one-ounce jig again, you don't want a lot of action at the tip, right? Because if not, if you do, you're going to be fighting that jig all day because that heavy weight, uh, heavy weight of the bait is going to be pulling on that rod. Right. So you get a stiffer rod, and you get a rod that doesn't have as much action in it. Okay. Well, conversely, let's say you're throwing a crankbait. Right, and you want that rubber band effect. Crimpular crankbait is going to be a three-eighths or a half-ounce bait, and you need that bend. When that fish bites, say, a crankbait, it's moving. You want that fish to grab it, and that they call it load. The, lo, the, ro, the rod loads up. All uh-huh. that means is it starts to bend and allows that fish to get the bait, inhale it, get it in his mouth, and before he actually starts set, you know, pulling, starts setting on the hook. And so all that, 
all that is determined by the action of the rod. And that, all again, all action is is just the, the bending of the tip. Uh-huh. So when you're looking for just, if you're just getting into fishing and you want, hey, I just need a basic combo I could do pretty much everything with, get a seven foot, medium heavy with fast action. Fast or uh, some of them are called moderate fast. Either one uh, is going to be a really good all-around rod. Again, you don't have to go spend a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get a really good setup that you can fish pretty much anything with. With that setup, you can fish a Texas rig worm. Uh, you can fish a crankbait. You can fish, a uh, say, a half-ounce jig. Anything along those lines, uh, you're gonna be, you'll be able to go out and take one rod and reel, change out their baits, and be able to adapt to whatever mm-hmm. uh, kind of scenario is going on. That's really the main focus. Now, if you want to get into a little bit more specifics, um, we'll kind of hit a couple things. Okay. Um, but you've got... As you get from, say, okay, I've, I've got the basics done. I've got uh, now I kind of want to step my game up or I want to get some more, uh, like golf clubs. Yeah. Uh, you can use the same club all day on the golf course, and, and you can. Well, yeah. yeah but you don't want to. Right? <laughs> no. It's not going to be as much fun. And more importantly, is you're not going to be as effective as you possibly can. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to go out and buy 50 rod and reels, but typically as you get into it and you say, hey, I'm really enjoying it, uh, getting a couple, three rods is really, that's kind of the magic number. Mm. And that covers if you get three rods, it covers, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty much the entire gamut of mm-hmm. what you're going to throw. So, like um, a worm rod, a, 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 a crankbait rod, or whatnot. You, know. you got it. It's exactly right. And apologize for knocking a hole in your ceiling. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We don't and, need that. Nah, it's studio. We'll just keep knocking holes. But um, <laughs> what I've got in hand is it's designed for a frog. Seventy-five foot rod. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a telescoping rod that it goes high. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've got a frog rod in my hand. That's for, again, throwing frogs on the grass mats like uh, Nickajack or going to Chick. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people in the fall like to fish frogs on top of the mat. Well, here's another example where it's super heavy power. Again, we're trying to drag that fish out of all that grass. Mm-hmm. So you want a heavy power or even extra heavy. But you don't. You want a tip a little bit, but you don't want a super bendy tip. There you go. We'll get a technical term. Oh, bendy. Yeah. bendy. How do you like that? Bendy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you want a stiffer rod. <laughs> What you don't want Uh-oh. is you don't want to go out with what I call a telephone pole, which is just a broomstick uh-huh. It has no bend mm. because, again, you're not, you're not going to have any ability to fight that fish. It's just way too stiff. So uh, next rod we'll talk about is... And I want you to explain that handle, too. Hey, well, yeah, we'll talk about handles. And we're actually going to talk about... Let me hold that one. If you don't mind, because okay. if not, I'm going to knock cool. the camera guy out, and he's going to be aggravated at That's me. all right. All right. Next rod we're going to talk about is, as I hit the ceiling one more time, the flipping rod. So this is going to be, uh, if you're worms, jigs, or if you're flipping or pitching, all that means is just small little cast out, say you're fishing brush or uh, tree, you know, fallen trees or in the grass, something like that. Again, it's going to have a good heavy power, but it's going to have more tip, say, than that frog rod. It's yeah, going to yeah. bend, that parabolic bend, it gives you more load up through the rod blank. Gotcha. Uh, and then... Last but not least, Jason, hold that so I don't kill somebody. Is the Zebco 33? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's nothing uh, wrong with that. No. Now, uh, this one here is they got a lot of different rods, but uh, this one specifically is made for chatterbait. Okay. So vibrating jig, um, and again, it's got less power, right? So it's it's a moving bait, so you don't want as as thick or as much power in it, but it's got a really good parabolic bend. And so that's just an example. They make a lot of different lure-specific rods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're throwing a Ned rig, 
uh, if you're throwing a Carolina rig, uh, if you're throwing um, a drop shot. I mean, just the list goes on and on. If you want, you can start getting more specific in the rods that they take the rod and they build everything about the rod around the specific bait. Again, that's kind of stepping it up when keep using golf clubs, you go just get a normal set of golf clubs that come with everything, but maybe you want a flop wedge, mm-hmm. right? And so that's, again, just going to be for one specific shot. Rods are a lot of the same way. It's going to be made for really one specific bait. It can be used for other things, but it's really designed for that one specific yeah. bait. And so that's kind of the progression uh, as you really start getting into your addiction. Uh, <laughs> it, just, it just goes on and on and on. But uh, as you go through that, again, you don't have to start with all those rods. Get the basic rod. Get if you're gonna get one seven foot medium heavy fast action. If you're gonna get a couple rods, get a crankbait rod. Typically a six and a half to seven foot crankbait rod. Get your all, your all purpose rod that we've been talking about, multi purpose, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then from there, I'd recommend you get a spinning rod. Didn't bring this to talk about today, but get a spinning rod. That's gonna be for uh, your smaller jigs, your shaky heads, uh, drop shot fishing, all those anything that you're gonna throw a smaller lighter bait. And those are really good. Uh, it's just a lot of fishing pressure. You're not catching anything. You're trying everything. Grab your spinning rod. Throw a small little shaky head worm. It's miserable. I get it. It's not any fun to fish. <laughs> but when you got to get a bite and you're just having a real tough day, yeah. you, you drop. And it's called finesse fishing. All you're doing, you're yeah. dropping line size. And you're just downsizing everything to get that finicky fish to bite. Um, I will talk a couple things real quick on the other things on the rod is... Uh, your handle. Point it that way. Hey, let's point it that way. So. Yeah, point it that way. I think you can hold it up high enough for people to see it on camera. Perfect. Yes. Hey, are we seeing it now? My questions were the type of handle, yep. why that, and then also your eyes are yep. much different than what's on my, say, Pro Qualifier. I got bigger eyes, so just explain that. They will. So, uh, cash and fishing rods, uh, I'm a huge fan of those. They're actually the only rod that's actually made in the United States. When I say made, they actually make their, they roll their own huh. blank in North Carolina. They make their own grips. The uh, the eyes and the real seats are American tackle. So I got turned on to them because I was looking for, I want a rod that's made here. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a little, maybe just, I don't know, I'm a little patriotic. And hey, as much yeah. as I can buy in, you know, something manufactured here, uh-huh. it was important to me. Yeah. And when I found out, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Uh, most fishermen uh, and outdoorsmen, I mean, they, they want to support their local country. I mean, that's sure. this is, hey, everything that we do, we want to try to support our local brothers and sisters in manufacturing. So I got turned on to cashing rods because of that. But what's really cool about this rod is it's actually microfiber. Mm. And so it, it's, we all know about microfiber, it's extremely durable, extremely tough, but it's very sensitive. And more importantly, it's super light. So with the cashing rod, the grips are actually. Um, Kevlar, hmm. so they actually we're all familiar with Kevlar. If you're yeah an outdoorsman, you know Kevlar. Yeah. Um, but all that is is for sensitivity, number one. But what's also cool about that is extremely durable. So you think about in a boat going seventy miles an hour in that rod rack, just banging back and forth, it doesn't wear down. It's not that foam. It's sometimes yeah, EVA wood, foam. cork handles. Yeah, cork eventually will, they'll rot. they turn around, they rot. Yeah. Um, EVA eventually because it's that soft. If you get hooked on a, a Crankbait hooks it. We'll pull a chunk out of it. Um, that's why I love these handles. Extremely sensitive because of that. And then it's an entire system. Again, they're trying to get the most distance out of a cast, and so that's they the, use. That's the chatter rod. This, yeah, yeah, this got, is it. All it. works together. Everything's a system. They actually use the micro guides. All that means is your line guide on your rod. It gets it gets diminished. 
Well, why is that important? So you think about it. When you cast a rod, that line is going through those guides. If you slow it down, and you can see it on YouTube, that line is actually spinning mm -hmm. all the way around the line guide. So it's not going straight through. It's spinning around that line guide. Uh -huh. So if you shrink that line guide, all that does is it maximizes and shrinks the amount of spin so you get a distance, uh, additional distance huh. on your cast. You pick up about 15 to 18% by using micro guides mm. opposed to normal guides. Wow. Again, we're getting into the weeds, and this is you know for guys that are really hardcore into it. But when you look at, especially a higher end rod, the whole rod is made for, as you said, it it's a system, mm -hmm. right? And so you're looking to get the most maximum distance out of your cast, uh, and so that's that's really without getting way too crazy with it. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a lot of the things you want to look at is what's your grip made out of, and also what type of guides. So. Uh, Check out Cash and Rods. They're absolutely fantastic. They are made here, which, if that's important to you, uh, like it is to me, definitely. Uh, the quality is there. And you're not paying five or $600 for it, yeah. which is uh, rods can get up there. All right. Yeah. We got to keep moving. Yeah. We got time. We got to talk about lines. We got, we, got, we got plenty of time. Okay. Let's right. do it. All right, so and I don't. I don't. I want. I, I want to say this. I probably could outcast you with that Zebco. Just saying. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I mean, you are uh, the greatest, maybe of all time. You are the goat, is what well, I hear. Yeah. You know. I've actually seen it in writing that you're the goat. Exactly. So I mean, I, I think I saw word that too. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, there's no doubt. You beat uh, me with a Zebco. You probably throw a rock further than that's I. That's why I'm asking the questions too. That's why. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we kind of talked about. We, Earlier show we talked about the bait cast and reel. Mm -hmm. We did a quick high level about the rods. Exactly. Uh, next piece is the line, mm -hmm. and in my opinion, line gets overlooked quite a bit. Uh, go out again your local stop, local uh, fishing store, and pick up monofilament. Right, that's the fishing line that's been around forever. That's what everybody's used to fishing, and it has its place. It's super cheap, and it works. But I think if you're going to get in, if you're starting fishing, absolutely go buy. Don't go buy the cheapest line you can find in, in the discount rack because uh -huh. there's a reason why it's in the discount rack uh -huh. that it's probably been there for about five or six years. And what really matters with that is that if you're like me, when I first started fishing, that's all I could afford. And so I went to the bargain bin. Mm. But every single time I was breaking over and over and mm. over. Every time I just set a hook normal, I kept breaking off. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, as I got smarter and got more into it, it was the line. And it's, that goes for your to what's on your reel too. You want to change that out often, right? Absolutely. Again, depending on how often you fish, you at, at minimum change it out at least once a year. And you're not going to go broke buying line. You're not. Uh, yeah. Go get line. And if you're going to get monofilament line, which is the most, the least expensive, try to get a little bit high. So if you got an option between buying a spool of line for five dollars or buying for eight dollars, buy the eight dollar line. Uh -huh. It's just it's like a paintbrush. Mm. You can go buy a cheap paintbrush for about two bucks. And try to paint with it, and you can. <laughs> or you can go buy one that's about 12 bucks and paint with it. You're just going to be a whole lot happier, and it's going to be a whole lot easier yeah. if you get the higher the higher dollar brush. And there's a reason why it's higher, because mm -hmm. there's more quality components. And it makes the process of what you're doing a whole lot easier and, and a whole lot better. And the end product is better, too. It's exactly right. And you're not frustrated as yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, so monofilament, it, it really – so we'll talk. There's really three types of lines that's out there. Monofilament, which is what everybody kind of grew up fishing, what we're all very used to using. Um, there is a product that's called fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon's been around almost as long as monofilament, but the freshwater fishermen really didn't get turned on it to the last 15 to 18 years. Mm. It's really been a saltwater product. 
And we'll kind of talk about the difference. And then there's braided line. When it first came out, it was called super line. Um, but and they all have their specific places. If you're just getting into fishing, go get uh, trilene. Go get suffix line. Uh, you pick all that up at Walmart. Um, from a pound test, we'll talk about that real fast. You want to get, again, on a limited budget, just get into it. You want to find that middle of the road. You don't want it super strong because you can't be able to work small crankbaits, yet you don't want to get something that's six-pound line if you're trying to throw a Texas rig. Right. All right, so you want to get that middle of the road, typically that 10 to 12-pound test. When you go look at it, and it's clearly marked on the box, it'll say 10, 12, 14, 15, whatever the the pound test is. All that means is it's the strength of the line. Mm -hmm. We won't go into tensile strength and bore everybody on here. but Is that Christmas, tensile? Tinsel, yeah, well, <laughs> sure. Hey, I remember that from shop class, though. Yeah. That's when you're pulling it apart, straight apart, right? You got it. It's exactly yeah. right. And so you can catch a fish. I, I'll give you a quick story. I actually caught my personal best bass uh, was 11 pounds and 3 ounces, and I caught it on 6-pound line. Well, if you just do you know, just a normal mat, well, the 6-pound line shouldn't have caught and been able to bring in a, over 11-pound bass. Well, it's the tinsel strength. But more importantly, it's the rod and reel, it's the bend, it's the drag, the stuff we talked about in our earlier show yeah. that help it. And so it's the skill behind that. A hundred percent. Well, I, nobody but me could have made that happen. So <laughs> let me clarify: I may be the greatest. You may be the goat uh, on the mic. I'm the greatest when it comes to fishing. So okay, yeah. that's way overstating my ability. <laughs> pure sarcasm. We'll talk any- about that on the next. Yeah, show. pure sarcasm for anybody that's listening. Yeah. But uh, again, it, it's the lighter the lighter the pound test the thinner the line yeah and if you're crappie fishing or you're going pan fishing you don't want 10 or 12 pound line right again you you want to drop down you want to match kind of the bait that you're throwing Mm -hmm. if you get too heavy of a line it'll overpower the bait that you're throwing so to simplify if you're going crappie fishing you're going bluegill fishing pan fishing get that typically that four to six pounds is going to be right where you need to be super easy to use yeah really inexpensive uh, it's very manageable and will fit the kind of the kind of bait that you're throwing. If you're going bass fishing or uh, something like that, uh, get in that 10 to 12. If you're going to go cat fishing or cart fishing or anything that's bigger, step up to that 16, 18, even 20 pound line. Uh, if you're going to do monofilament, uh, monofilament is great. It's super stretchy, right? And that's can play to your advantage. So if you're throwing a crankbait. You want that stretch, right? He's coming up a million miles an hour behind that bait, and he's going to grab it, and he's going to turn. You want that, as we talked about on the rod, you want that rod to load up, and so the line will actually help you because when he bites it and you start to pull, it actually is stretching, Mm. giving that fish more time to consume the bait. Uh Well, when you're worm fishing, as soon as he bites it and you feel it, he ain't got thumbs, right? So if if you feel it, he's got it in his mouth. So in that case, you want when you set the hook, you want instant that hook to instantly penetrate into the mouth. And so, in those kind of scenarios, you, the stretch works actually against you. Gotcha. So, uh, we talked about monofilament. If you're, just getting fit, if you're just getting started, stick with monofilament, and we kind of talked about that. If you're, if you're into fishing and you're throwing crankbaits, um, monofilament works great. Uh, if you're another line that's an opportunity for uh, crankbait fishing is, actually, this is a company called Canine. Canine Fishing, they're based out of... Uh, Around Nashville in Gillettsville, Tennessee. Okay, cool. Local company. Make a fantastic product. Go check them out. Yeah, and this is actually what's called a copolymer. Now we're going to get down mm. a little bit in the weeds, but okay. not too far. All, All right. copolymer is is a monofilament line. It's got a fluorocarbon coating. All that that means is it doesn't stretch as much, as much as mono. 
Uh, and what also, the other part of it is it actually floats. Mm. All right, so that's the other piece of it is actually the floating of the line. If you're fishing a crankbait, say you only want to run two or three foot deep, if you put a heavy uh, fluorocarbon line that actually, if you put in the water, will sink, it's actually going to pull your bait deeper than oh, you may want okay. it to go. So if you want to stay in that one to three foot water column, you want a line that's not going to pull that bait down. Oh, cool. So a monofilament or copolymer works really, really well. Check out Canine Fishing. Again, local company. Uh, make a great copolymer product. Sure. Move the fluorocarbon. We kind of hit on that. It's been in salt water for 30, 40, 50 years. It's a completely different molecular structure than monofilament. It's extruded different. Uh, we're not going to go too far in the weeds. It's, the main characteristics are it sinks, which we talked about, which is very important. Say you're fishing a deep diving crankbait and you're trying to get a plug 18 to 20 foot. You want that extra help of the line yeah. to help drive it down. Uh -huh. That's why fluorocarbon is really good. Fluorocarbon has very, very little stretch. Uh, which can be can be beneficial if you don't if you're in a situation where you don't want to stretch. Uh, the other thing about fluorocarbon is it's crystal clear. So in essence, uh, it's going to disappear uh, when you get it in the water, which is really important. Say you're bottom fishing and the bait the the fish is going to have time to come up and look at your bait. You don't want any uh, you know anything that's going to hinder or take away from what the, the bait naturally should look like. Mm -hmm. Extremely important with fluorocarbon. Are are the uh, the red lines and the and the camo lines are those fluorocarbon? Are they something not, else? No, those are going to be super lines. So monofilament um, and fluorocarbon, ninety nine percent of the time are going to be crystal clear. Clear. Okay. So uh, funny you bring that up. They do make a product, uh, Sunline. Huge fan of Sunline when it comes to... I noticed from your hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my Sunline <laughs> hat on. Uh, they're based out of Japan. Um, they're extremely big in the fishing industry. They make, uh, in my opinion, one of the best lines. But uh, fluorocarbon, as we talked about, typically clear. Well, in this product, they actually make... It's called a flipping line. So, I got my rubber band on here. So that flipping line? Yeah, there you go. Hold on. Man, now we got jokes. <laughs> so uh, you probably can't see it on camera, and of course, if you're listening, you can't see it. But uh, it actually has uh, a coating on there that's chartreuse, so it's real bright green. Yeah. And so you take a situation where, say, you're flipping trees, and most of your bait, uh, most of your bites are coming when you're flipping, and that bait is slowly floating to the bottom, and that fish is grabbing it. Well. If you don't have bottom contact or you're not feeling that bait, you're not going to know that you got a fish. So what you do is called line watching. And so you flip it in, and you're actually staring at your line to see if it jumps while it slowly floaters uh -huh. down. That's when you know you have a bite. You'll never even, a lot of times, ever even feel that bite. Mm. But if you got a flipping line uh, or a line that has got some type of coloring on it, you can see that much easier, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so when you, you flip it in and it's fluttering down, you'll see that, uh, that line jump, and then you'll know to, to set the hook. Jason has started the music, so that means I need to shut up. Uh, one thing that we've not hit on real quick. Braid. Uh, braid. Braid fishing line. It's super thin, super strong. So this is actually 65-pound braid, but it's an equivalent to 17-pound mono. Great for if you're fishing grass, you're trying to uh, throw a frog over grass. It gives you uh, a lot more strength than you could with monofilament or fluorocarbon. Very high level. Uh, again, Got some more questions? Always go to YouTube. They got some great videos on there to help you uh, figure it out. But braided fishing line, if you need something really strong and really thin, fluorocarbon if you need it to sink, monofilament if you're just going fishing. Braid's hard to cast too, harder to cast, right? Uh, Would you say that? Uh, well, the I've experienced. Well, that, the problem with braid is it digs in. Okay. So if you set the hook, that braid, uh, that braid is so thin it actually digs into the spool, so it's a little harder to get out. Yeah. But if you're fishing grass, you got to have it. I got you. And it just it gives you that extra power that you need to have to make it happen and get the fish out. At 
Jason Holland Fishing. Check me out. Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. And I just, thank God for a 17-year-old daughter, I now have a TikTok account. Whoa. Oh, I, I, huge. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you guys know it, but I'm massive. <laughs> I'm huge. Absolutely huge. <laughs> okay, well, I don't... Go check him out. Um, <laughs> can he ask you? Can I ask questions online? Please, please ask awesome. me any okay. questions you got. Cool. All right. Well, go check him out. Keep coming back, tuning into this show, Don. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. This has you been. Bet. Fun. I learned a lot more tonight too, Jason. Well, good. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hopefully, left a little nugget of pearl. Yeah. Somebody yeah. Can we'll have to bring you back because next we got to tie on the hook. Come on, bring me back. <laughs> so we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll bring you back. But anyway, we're gonna run out of time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.